0: Welcome to Show Me the Proof, Get to the Point, the B2B marketing podcast where we show you the proof in the form of case studies and success stories, and we get straight to the point so you can learn something valuable and get on with your day. Each week, we'll feature a top B2B marketing leader and discuss their revenue-generating strategies. You'll get actionable tips and learn how to accelerate growth through seriously smart marketing. Now it's time to have a look at the proof and get to the point with your hosts and founders of Proofpoint Marketing, Mike and Gabby Grinberg.
1: Welcome to Show Me the Proof, Get to the Point. We are so excited today to have Tim Bornholt with us. Tim is the co-founder and partner at the Jed Mahonis Group based here in the Twin Cities, where they specialize in, among other things, custom mobile software development. He's also been a part of the founding team with several other Twin Cities-based companies. And Tim is also a fellow podcaster just like us. He hosts a show called Constant Variables. And we're actually going to talk about podcasting today, which is very meta because we're on a podcast and we're going to be talking about podcasts. <laughs> but Tim, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Gabby. You you can't uh, have a podcast without talking about podcasting in great detail. That's what I've learned over the years. So we're, we're fitting right in with, with the mold.
1: <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. And actually, we're very excited today to talk about this topic in particular because you have been able to manage in securing some amazing stats and revenue from the podcast. So you have over 80 plus um, episodes that are currently live on the show, Constant Variables. And from those episodes, you've been able to secure two net new business closed one deal. So one that you mentioned, Tim, that was a guest of the show and one, interestingly, which was a listener of the show. Somebody was listening and then they kind of reached out and you guys were able to close both of those net new customers. So amazing stats here. The show's called Show Me the Proof. So we want to know, we we talked about the proof right now, but let's understand what was the impetus for starting the podcast? What were some of your expectations? on the outset and kind of where do you see podcasting fitting in right now into your overall business and marketing plans?
2: great questions all around I the the main impetus was vanity I mean I want everyone to see me all the time and hear everything I have to say uh <laughs> no. I've always I've been very comfortable with being on camera being behind the mic my main degree from college was journalism and I was really looking forward to uh working behind the camera i I, I really like producing and editing I've, I've worked on a show called tally run that started as a YouTube series there's there's like over 4 million downloads or views, uh, to date on that show. And we transitioned it to a podcast, uh, when I had my first child because editing a video series on YouTube takes a lot more effort than, uh, editing a podcast. And, uh, yeah, so when we were doing C tally Run, I just thought, you know, why don't I start a podcast about app development? Because there's not too many out there, uh, surprisingly enough. And the main part that I wanted to get home, and it kind of meshed with what our company ideals are, are to uh, really explain app development because people think that building software you know it's me as a developer I go into a you know climb a mountain slay a dragon I have this long white beard with a wizard's hat and I just point and there's code and there's an app and I I think it's kind of this theory that people have of development that it's complex and crazy and you can never understand it so I made the podcast exclusively as a way to share content and tell people uh, all about what development is about and we've transitioned it into a show where we bring on guests that have apps uh, because I I think kind of like what you're doing, it's, it makes sense to have people that are actually implementing these strategies coming on to your show and explaining to people how they did it. So people have something to relate to. And, um, that's really, I guess the impetus for, for why we got started and and how we've gone about doing it.
1: Yeah, and I would assume that you also have one ring to rule them all, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, you have to give that to a hobbit so that it doesn't get tainted. It's you know, <laughs> I, as a wizard, cannot maintain that much
3: power.
1: Oh my precious! Yes, <laughs> I love when we can add some fun, uh, nerdy humor into the shows.
3: Tim, with so that, we were just mentioning that uh, that show, uh, Run, was that that transition into the podcast you guys are currently running or is that something completely separate? Uh, it, it has nothing to do with constant
2: variables. It's o- only in that I edit C Tally run still, and I don't edit my own show. So it, I've, I've learned better. It's kind of like, if you're a lawyer, you never want to give yourself legal advice. If, if you're a podcaster, <laughs> you, you you don't want to edit yourself. You, you just sit and nitpick all day and just get it out there.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love kind of how you told us the backstory of how you got into podcasting, you know, besides podcasting, are there any other marketing initiatives that you guys are currently doing at the Jed Mahonis group or is podcasting kind of your, your main channel that you're putting out there?
2: We have a few different strategies. I wouldn't say that, uh, I think our podcast is our biggest initiative and what we put a lot of our effort into. Um, we also, mostly LinkedIn is where we hang out. Um, most of most people that are our clients, I found hang out on LinkedIn as well. So I try to have a personal presence on there, but for the most part, professionally, I'd say we we're involved with like tech.mn quite a bit. And we're, we're trying to get involved with more webinars and it's really just dipping our toe in the water and seeing, you know, playing around with stuff and seeing what works
1: yes yes well you know we had another guest on the show recently and we were talking about linkedin and we said you know if you're not on linkedin these days do you even have a job right (laughs) 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 do you even work you know it's that whole like you know tree in the forest if you're not on linkedin do you even work so i totally understand that um you know, being that you had a lot of experience in journalism, radio and television and, and TV and podcasting, did you experience any challenges when you thought about creating a show for your company?
2: Well, while I have a lot of experience on the technical side of creating the content, it was a rude awakening when it comes to scheduling guests. I mean, you and I, the three of us were able to schedule it flawlessly, getting this show off the ground as, as, as <laughs> <you know. laughs> <laughs> but, but it's guests and three months in the making. <laughs> we finally made it. That's that's what matters. Oh. But it's going after getting a list of of ideal podcast guests, coordinating schedules, all of that stuff, and and even coming up with new topics and new ways to you know keep expanding the show and trying new things. That part was was challenging for me, and it still is. And we have Jenny works for us at at JMG at doing marketing, and uh, if we didn't have her helping me to coordinate all of this stuff, I I, I would still do just, I probably would have given up, frankly, because um, yeah. it's it is that much work and that much effort that you have to put in to get quality guests.
1: I completely agree with you on that front, it, and there really is no magic ring to stick with our metaphor here that allows you to to just do this right. It's trial and error. It's like you said, building a list, finding out your ideal guests, but also most importantly, I would argue that it it it's also about identifying the topic and sort of the angle of the podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about kind of how you went about thinking of the topic and the theme for constant variables?
2: Yeah. So when I said there's not a whole lot of of uh, podcasts out there about app development, that would be a lie. There's a lot of content out there, but a lot of that content is geared towards me as a developer. It's geared towards very complex topics around specific things that come out with like new SDKs or new phones or whatever. Uh, and and I figured that as the developer development expert, I didn't have a whole lot to contribute back because there's already so many good shows out there that talk about. That side of things, but there really aren't a whole lot for people that don't have that experience in app development and want to get better at it. So uh, that I think that's really how we uh, we steered things back towards coming up with that content and coming up with the angle was really putting ourselves in our customers' shoes and thinking if I was a customer of the Jed Mahonis Group, what information would I need to be successful as a uh, an app owner and as an app producer? And a lot of times people don't know what to do when it comes to app development. Like a lot of times people just come write in and say, uh, you know, build me an app and just kind of leave. And those are the worst clients because you want people to be engaged and you want people to know what's going on. So it, it was really putting myself in our customer's shoes and saying, what kind of content is important here and what would be something that'd be useful uh, going forward and, and having an app out on the app store?
3: Did you, I'm curious, did you talk to any of your customers or, you know, people in the industry, et cetera? to kind of find out the types of content they'd want to hear? Or was this more of kind of just internal brainstorming? Most of it was internal brainstorming. And I think what, what we did was, uh,
2: we talked to our customers. I guess inadvertently, we talk with customers all the time. And what we did was, we took as we go on sales inquiries and we do, you know, the the fast fifteen. As Michael I would be proud for us to say, uh, I was sitting down and writing down every question people were asking. And and once you have a list of all the questions that people ask you, then you start to identify patterns and themes. And we kind of took, you know, the, the the way we started was we said, let's take the ten most common tasks or, or questions or themes that people are are curious about and just start with episodes on there and we just did uh, it was myself and my business partner to start we did you know 15 20 minute episodes of just you know what how much does an app cost uh, what does the app development process look like just those different things you know differences between iOS and Android and uh, once once we got through those 10 and we started developing a little bit of an audience then we started collecting feedback from that way of and the feedback again wasn't necessarily direct it was looking at the numbers and you know it, when you're starting a podcast the numbers are like four and seven <laughs> <laughs> like that, yeah. it's not like you get that that much of, of uh, an audience ship right out of the bat but not
3: terribly statistical <laughs> yeah.
2: exactly but you get a you can get a vibe when you see like you know one episode has 10 downloads and one episode has three downloads well maybe we start veering towards that direction a little bit and, and yeah. that's that's really how we got started at least
1: You know, I I would agree with you on that because especially like if, you know, you're not a celebrity or, or a Uber influencer, or you're not part of a a major news network or, or huge company, it's those, those early metrics on the podcast are going to be, you know, quite small. Um, And that's okay, because that's how people start. That's how you get out there. And that's how you start. And that's how you eventually kind of learn. And like you said, kind of seeing where those numbers, where some spikes and where some valleys are, and then going from there. But we have found that oftentimes it's um, the, the qualitative feedback and qualitative information that we're getting from either our guests or our listeners that have helped us in um, this podcast. And we, all, we have a second podcast as well. I'm wondering in those, you know, you guys have over 80 episodes live and and a few other that are in production. I'm wondering if you've had any early qualitative feedback that you received from either guests or listeners that helped shape the the, the trajectory of the show.
2: There's there has been actually quite a bit of, of qualitative feedback. I mean that's pretty much all the the feedback you can get with podcasts, which is kind of I mean as a marketer it might be your nightmare, uh, but as somebody that I mean that values privacy, I guess it's the uh, having the the decentralized w- way of collecting that information of who your guests are and whatnot. Um, you pretty much have to rely on qualitative feedback, and mm-hmm. the qualitative feedback has been nothing but positive. I mean we get so many guests that uh, a lot of times I, I like to say we we use our our show somewhat as a Trojan horse, because we go out and find guests that we would like to work with, or that we would like to build relationships with, and we bring them on. And it's the perfect way to strike a conversation, let somebody else be the expert in whatever area you're talking about, and, and really build that relationship and have that, that ground floor. And so we've been able to build a lot of really solid relationships that, you know, it's, it, it podcasting isn't necessarily going to be a, uh, you do it today and tomorrow you make a million dollars off a of sale. Like that's, it's it, it isn't a get rich quick scheme. It's very much a long play. But we've we've built so many long term relationships, and and even things like we've started doing the uh, those little videos that have uh, short little uh, captions of the uh, the episode and the content and whatnot. Uh, people have been telling us that they find so much value in those. I think we've been just listening to the feedback and kind of growing from there. That's been a lot of how we've uh, incorporated that feedback into how we market our show, at least.
3: Have you? I'm curious. You know, have you found any? Um, have you found it difficult in any way, shape, or form to focus on the content and the conversation versus focusing on, hey, this is a business development opportunity, and or like <laughs> for the yes, but the better way to ask, ask this question, I think, is have you been able to kind of delineate, like, okay, we're really the episode is just about. We want to get good content to put out there versus, hey, we want to talk to this person because we want to do business with them later.
2: It's it, it. Honestly, is I, I joke about saying it's a Trojan horse to get the business, but it's really never about the business. I like I said, I I pretty much never try to close a deal or get any business out. It's always like that that before and after when you're setting up the podcast and when you're kind of closing up shop. It's more in those times when you can maybe throw in if it feels right. But the the podcast is all business. It's all about getting the guests to shine and and be you know a thought leader because that's the goal. Is ideally they like the episode and the content so much that they share it with their networks and, you know, grow it from there.
1: So two questions kind of along those same lines. The first question is, did you have any initial expectations or, um, you know, initial desires of like, we're going to close 10 deals from this podcast? Like, was was there any sort of initially, you know, expectations around business that could be one from the podcast? That's, question number one. And then question number two is, and I think this one that a lot of listeners are going to really have this question as, they're, as they may be thinking about starting a podcast of their own is, you know, you bring the guest on and you have this great conversation and you know that this could be somebody that might be a, a, an individual in your pipeline. How do you go from podcast guest to continuing that conversation, building that relationship and kind of taking it to that next step and maybe converting them from a prospect to a lead and taking them through your sales funnel. So, two questions there for you, Tim. Yeah,
2: you'll you'll have to also uh, forgive my my daughter keeps trying to like poke her head in and I have to keep giving her the like dad, you know, <laughs> like please, please not right now.
1: Well, she can come I, and say I hi. Love her doing it. <laughs>
2: She'll, I'm sure she'll come back in in five minutes and I'll have to flag her in. So that first question was uh, whether or not we were expecting to close 10 deals a year off the show. Right. Or Absolutely whatever, not. Yeah. Whatever uh, number. Th- it, it, it honestly, uh, maybe that is my fault in, uh, not being a great marketer, <laughs> but, but really my, my thought was again, just start small, build value, show value, give back. The more you give, the more you get back. And, uh, it, and, a lot of times it kind of rolls into the next question of like, how do you actually foster these relationships? It's the same way you foster any relationship, right? You follow up, uh, you stay connected. You provide value where you can, when people share posts on LinkedIn or when they tell you, you know, we're getting married in a few months or, Hey, my, my daughter's birthday is whatever it's, it's remembering those things and just being a genuinely good person. That's how we use the podcast is just a way to get ourselves in the community and have people know who we are and what we're all about. And I think doing that, you end up uh, kind of attracting things. It, it It's one of those mediums where it's really hard to attribute a sale directly to the podcast, which is why we only have two that I can speak to specifically, but there've been countless others that they say, you know, I. I know I've heard you from somewhere and it's, it's either through the podcast or it's through other channels or whatever, but I'm, I'm pretty convinced that a lot of times it's because our podcast keeps showing up in people's feeds and they come back to it. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I hope that answered your, your second question.
1: <laughs> yeah, I absolutely think it did answer the question. I was just thinking of along the lines of for those people that may be looking to start a podcast and, and may have these, you know, grandiose ideas of okay if i start a pod- podcast i'm going to close hundreds of thousands of new business deals and that you know that certainly could it, it's a possibility and it could happen but i think what you've showed us here is the fact that you know if you're going into podcast creation with that idea in mind you may be missing the point the point really is about you know building those relationships providing value, like you said, talking to interesting people, you know, we were on a podcast recently, and the host said to us, what's the worst thing that happens if you start a podcast? He asked me that question. And I said, the worst thing is you learn something. That's the absolute worst thing that could happen if you go on a podcast is you learn something. (laughs) And I think that oh, yeah. I think that's true of becoming a podcast host. Is is the worst thing that could happen is you learn something. From there, you know, the sky's the limit in terms of the things that you can gain both from being a guest and being a host of a podcast. So I think you you really helped kind of share that with us and and show that with our guests as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of, I mean, podcasts have obviously blown up, especially in the B2B space. And there's a lot of you know, agencies out there that provide B2B podcasting services and all that kind of fun stuff. I definitely think one of the mistakes that some people will make is they strictly think of it as, okay, this is now part of my pipeline, right? And that's why I'm doing it versus really thinking about it as an engine for a lot of other things, including just building relationships, learning things. But the other big thing, I think you you mentioned you guys were experimenting with it, which is your podcast becomes a content engine for all sorts of other stuff. I mean, that's how we use ours, which is yes. Like there are, you know, again, this podcast is fairly new, you know, and we're getting, we're in the single digits so far on downloads. Uh, although you can't trust those numbers because you have no idea. Like it's, they're not accurate is the reality, but what, what we're showing. but the reality is, is where we're getting the most engagement is in those, that micro content that goes on LinkedIn that we can put out there that we can actually use in You know, our salesperson is starting to use the podcast episodes in some of her outreach. Like, hey, you know, you're interested in this. Well, we just recorded a conversation with so-and-so about this thing. You might, you know, you might find this valuable, right? So it creates all these other opportunities and everything else is so much more important than can I turn this conversation I'm having right now into business, right? Actually, one other thing I want to point out here, and I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but... You know, like we, for example, our podcast sits as part of our website, you guys have a, a separate domain and everything for your podcast, which actually makes it even less assuming, I guess, in this, or more unassuming, I think that's what I'm trying to say, in the sense of it's not really connected. Sure, at the bottom, you've got, you know, copyright Jed Mahonis group, but that's really the only mention of it, I think, other than maybe your about section, I'm looking at it now here. So was that, I guess the question, there is a question there, which is, was that intentional or was that just by accident? <laughs> uh
2: again apologies for kid number two now who's screaming outside the window no worries
1: worries.
2: (laughs) (laughs) the uh um the uh sorry remind me the 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 question
3: one more time Um, uh, i guess the the at the very end of it i was giving you a monologue but there was a question which is was the separate website and the separate brand for the podcast was that on purpose or was that by accident
2: it was on purpose i'm very good at building apps I know the things that I'm not very good at. One of those is branding and naming things. And I thought Calling it like the Jed Mahonis Group Show, or having something like that, where I mean, you guys have a super clever name, and it's it, it it's phenomenal because it fits right into your brand and your company. Where mine, I thought that as JMG, if the show turned into something else, or if the show was able to be spun off somewhere and be continue to be a marketing medium for us, but be uh you know something kind of I guess more autonomous. And I felt like dis- distancing it from JMG specifically gave it more of uh, a, a general authority where it's not just an ad for Jed Mahonis group. It's not just about us getting business. Cause I, I, again, part of our whole shtick is we really want to build value and be uh explaining things and being helpful, just uh, helping people understand how apps get built is really the the core of what we're trying to build. And I think it's hard to, uh, it's, for me, at least, I, I, I couldn't get over just having it be like a direct uh, sister of the, which it, it, for all intents and purposes it is. Um, but it just it, giving that separation for me, made it feel like it could be its own separate thing.
3: No, it's, I think that's great. I, I wanted to hear you kind of give, your answer to that because most of the time what we see is people doing what we've done with ours is it lives as, you know, there's a podcast section on the, on the business website and it lives as part of that, which uh, again, there's, there's value to it. And I think it's, it's totally legitimate, but I think it's interesting that you purposefully chose to keep this separate. And I do wonder if, again, I don't, there's no way for us to quantify this but in any way, shape or form, but I do wonder if doing that allows a B2B podcast to kind of have that you know, have it be more authentic, I guess, right. Where it's, it has less of that. Okay. You're just trying to sell me or people listening to it be like, Oh, well, great. I'm going to hear the ad for Proofpoint point later, or whatever. I, I don't know. Yeah. The answer is just, it, it, I just found that interesting.
2: And, and it could be too, like, you know, we're sacrificing a bit of like domain, uh, you know, like SEO kind of stuff and, and some authority and whatnot by splitting it off to a separate domain. There is again, definitely some of that it, for sure. Yeah. But that stuff doesn't matter to me personally. Like, and again, maybe it makes me a horrible marketing person, but it's like, I would rather put out the content. And let it speak for itself, and find ways to drive people to that. And if you like the content that we're building, and you like the the information that we're providing, then reach out. And it's like it's not like we're hiding it that we're part of the Jed Mahonis group. It's very clear that this this episode is brought to you by the Jed Mahonis group. It's it's all over the website. Everything points back. I've got you know dumb hat on all that stuff. It, it all comes back. But I, I I still think like if you're searching for podcasts out there on the general app store and stuff, it's like if you know that it's not just like this is the Jed Mahonis groups, uh, podcast that we bring all this insight. It's like, no, it's some guy who has a cap company that knows what he's talking about. And it's, it's, you know, seven, again, maybe a bad idea, maybe not, but I'm glad you brought it up. Cause it's something I haven't really, I, I, I thought about it for like 10 minutes. And then I was like, I'm just going to do it. <laughs>
3: Yeah, like I said, I don't know that it's good or bad. I just think it's an interesting take on it because like I said, I would say it's, it's definitely different. Uh, you did bring up a good point. Like, yes, you do lose out on like some of the SEO value that gets connected to, you know, your main domain. There is that, but the question is, is there more value in keeping it separate versus whatever SEO value you can get from a podcast? Yeah. And. Even as a marketer, I don't have an answer for you, to be honest. Uh, I just wanted to have that
1: conversation. No, and I think you know. Just one final point on this. Uh, There, I I don't think that there is a right or wrong way to do it, Tim. You know, like Mike said, we're marketers. We decided to 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 have this podcast really have the same look and feel and branding, and even the name is tied to our company. But that's because it that worked for us, right? Other people that have you know different types of companies or maybe a different icp a different ideal client profile you know you have to think about the larger impact and what and also the long term vision for the podcast and you even mentioned earlier you said hey this podcast could end up spinning off into something ideally uh, something completely separate so i love that that you have that that even though it, it maybe wasn't something that you spent a ton of time on it was nevertheless a very deliberate decision And I think it's a great distinction that we can make for people listening out there that you can, you know, you can spin up a podcast in very different ways, but still have success and still reach the kinds of goals that you're looking for. And, you know, like we mentioned earlier in the show, you have closed two net new deals from the show. So that is not an insignificant amount of new business that was driven from this show. So kudos to you. Gabby, I'd love to ask a question. I just, I
3: keep looking. The reason I'm looking over to the left, I keep looking at your site at the, at the podcast, I just looking at some of the episodes you've got. And I'm I'm curious, how are you selecting your guests? Are you strictly just following, Hey, these are people we want to work with. And these are, they're part of our ICP. So we're going to talk to them or is there more, more I mean, I can see here, there's like a few of these are, it looks like they're, they're potentially clients or past clients of yours, but like are, outside of that, I'm, I am curious sort of what's your criteria for guest selection.
2: I think it all comes back, like when you build mobile software, for example, it all comes back to your user. You want to put your user first and think what's going to bring the most value to your app user. The podcast is exactly the same for me. It's what kind of content can I put out there that's going to provide the most value to the end user uh, or the end listener? And so sometimes that value comes from interviewing a past client and putting it's a direct example of here's somebody that uh, is is in your in your wheelhouse and somebody that you can just see how they did it and how they grew. Sometimes it's a uh, subject matter expert that knows something about AI or knows something about some other topic that we can break down and give more uh, simplified explanations as to how you can incorporate that into your app. Sometimes it's just somebody that I think is really cool and I (laughs) I just want to bring them on the show. And and sometimes people reach out to us and say, Hey, you've got a podcast. I want to be on it. I just released a book or I released, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so it's, it's again, the lens that I filter through is, uh, if I was going to subscribe to this podcast, I want every episode to be something that people listen to. And so that's really the metric that I go for is what can provide the most value to somebody that's going to listen to it in the end of the day.
1: I love it. I love it. And I think that's exactly the way that people should be thinking about podcasts. You know, a lot of times you see, or you might come across a a company podcast that is so promotional or so overly, you know salesy driven or or you know sales focused that it turns people off right it's it's just you know if you want to listen to something you want to listen to it because it's going to add something interesting to your day it's either entertaining educational or ideally both which is what we try to do in our show I mean just yesterday we, we were talking to a, a guest and he's like oh yeah you guys have a great shtick going on you know fire and ice, Laurel and Hardy and Tom and Jerry. And it was kind of fun because that's kind of what we try to do. We try to play off of each other's strengths. And, uh, you know, Mike is really get to the point. Mike is really like, I want to know what happened. And I am more like, well, let's talk and let's have a conversation and let's add, you know, some- let's talk
3: about feelings. No,
1: no, no I
0: just, <laughs> you
3: know,
1: I, I go where the guest takes us, you know, and you, you, you know, you, you talked about Gandalf in the beginning. And so we kind of went with that. So, Uh, So yeah, no, I I think that's spot on. And I think that it's really valuable for anyone that's considering starting a podcast to think about those, first of all, the long-term play of the podcast, where is it going to end? When is it going to end? And how, if so, how, or will it spin off into something else? Could it become a standalone media outlet of, of some sort? And then also your listener, putting your listener at the center of the show and making sure that that their needs are being met through the objective of the podcast. So I think that's all spot on. It's great advice. Tim, you have shown us the proof. It's now time to get to the point. So in this segment of the show, we want to break it down even further for those listening that are considering to start a podcast. How best should they go about doing this? You mentioned earlier not to edit your own podcast. Kind of break it down for us when when the idea of constant variables took form, um, what were some of the first initial steps that you did to get the show up and running?
3: And if well, i if I may really quick, just maybe add another layer yeah. onto that question, which is I'm wondering if if you think, Tim, that there's a difference in creating a podcast for a a service business like yours and ours versus creating one for if you say we're a product business like a software company. I don't think
2: so because my answer is going to be wishy-washy as every developer is, um, which is it depends. Again, it all comes back to who you want to have listen to this show because it's one thing to just put out content and, you know, it's just like if it was a blog or if it was your social media uh, efforts, it's who do you actually want to have read this stuff or listen to this stuff? Um so, when I was thinking through, when I, if, if I was going to start a podcast today and I was in the shoes of your potential listener right now, um, you got to think through like, there's not just a podcast, right? Like, there's so many different kinds of podcasts. You could do an NPR style, like super edited. You interview, you know, thousands of hours to condense down to an hour. You can do those kinds of high level podcasts. And then on the other hand, there's, uh, you know, a single person sitting in front of a microphone, uh, just talking. And then and there's interview styles there's so many different ways to to get, go about it and i think you really have to figure out like what kind of host are you um Because if you're more of like a a lecturer, teacher kind of person that just likes to to talk about your subject matter, maybe you should just do a solo show of you sitting in front of a mic talking. If you're more curious, like I think you two are, uh, where you want to get in and and ask questions, I think that's really the the mark of a great podcast host is somebody who's genuinely curious and wants to ask questions because you can come in with a script and be super well prepared of questions that you want to ask. But I can tell you uh, from personal experience that if you have six bullet points and you get somebody that answers every question with yeah. It's it. You have to sit there and just it's pulling things out. So you you just you have to be curious to just keep diving deep and and really go go at it. So um, I I think I've, I've veered off from the original question a little bit. But that's if I, if I'm going to start a podcast today, that's probably what what I would think about is is who your audience is and what kind of show you want to present them, how you want to present the the specific information that you're you're trying to get across.
1: Yeah.
3: What kind of research would you do, or if any, uh, to decide on? format on maybe even even one step up from there is how do you decide whether a podcast is the right decision for for you i mean that we didn't really talk we kind of talked about in the beginning but maybe like how would you decide that yes the podcast is the right makes sense for us because of x y and z i i think with podcasting
2: you really need to uh spend some time consuming podcasts before you jump into creating them. Um, because there's so many different kinds of podcasts out there. And there's, you know, the the format that works for one type of person doesn't work for the other type of person. I, I think in order to really understand like what you're going to produce, you just need to live in the world for a little bit and just understand like what makes it tick for you. Because I think that's another key element to like it deciding how you go about starting a podcast and what kind of podcast. If you're not going to have fun doing it, and you're going to find sitting in front of a microphone boring and, uh, difficult to do, then don't do it because it's going to be boring and difficult for me to listen to. Right. <laughs> so so it, it's, it, it goes back to like uh, my my wife and I watch a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race and there's so many wacky things that they do on that show. And it's like half the time you're watching it and you can tell when somebody's up there and they're super nervous and they're not delivering what they need to deliver. And you're just like, that was so awkward to watch. But then you get somebody else who's up there and they're way off the wall and you have no idea what you're watching, but you're highly entertained. It, it, you we're talking about like whether it's informative or entertaining and again ideally at a minimum it's got to be entertaining because this is an entertaining medium like your people are consuming it and 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 bringing it in so it has to be entertaining um but then at the same time if you're if you're not having fun and, and you're not delivering content then people are gonna turn off so yeah um, yeah I, I hope that somehow that meandering uh got to to answer your question you know, <laughs> it, it
3: did I think what what I always say is content in general whether it's podcast or what is there, there's three things that content can do it's informational, educational, or entertaining. And you got to be able to do at least two of those in any piece of content you do.
1: Yeah. Because if you if
3: it's just one, it's, just, it's usually not going to be enough, but you got to, like you said, if if you're going to pick just one, it better be entertaining because if it's just informational or just educational, probably not enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. So just kind of ra- wrapping up here. So, you know, again, you mentioned earlier in the conversation, don't edit your own podcast, but You know, let's talk practically. If somebody is starting a podcast or they listen to the show and they're like, "Gosh darn it, I'm going to move forward with this idea. I'm I'm going to do my podcast." What do you think are the most important steps to getting a podcast off the ground? You know, from idea to going live, or what were some of the steps that you took um, with your team to get to get Constant Variables up and running?
2: Well, I hope the people are, if they're watching this, they saw me being a little sarcastic when I said that (laughs) because I I think when when you're first getting started out, a lot of time, you know, podcast editors, uh it, it, it varies in cost, so sometimes you just don't have a budget, and that's that's totally cool. Podcasting is very approachable to get in. Like literally, all you need is a place to host an MP3 file and a place to host an RSS feed, and then you've got a podcast. And again, for me as a as a nerd, those two things make a lot of sense and are super easy to throw together. But for your listeners and people that might not be as technically adept, at a base, you just need to have a microphone. And frankly, it could just be like you I mean uh, gabby you're wearing the the headset that came with with your phone it looks like like that that works perfect and and for me i've got this thing that i bought you know 10 years ago it's a road podcaster mic. that's because i am a nerd and want to like make the next step up and you know it, it increase the audio quality but you don't need to have anything fancy to get started like literally just a microphone and a computer ideally to edit um but these days there's so many tools out there that you can edit like uh, Descript is one that a lot of people yeah. use yeah. um yeah. we're where you can just drop the file in and then you edit by actually like it transcribes the whole thing and you just delete words out and then it, it's it's freaking awesome. Yes. <laughs> what that's how that's, that's what we used for
3: our for our first podcast. Yeah. We we did edit our first one, and I will say it does take a lot of time. So I'm with you on not doing it
1: if you can like as, you a, can. as a business
3: owner. If yeah. you're a marketer, that's probably a different story. Like if you're yeah, if you're the if you're a content marketer at a company and you got that skill set, then that might be part of your job. But if you're yeah, a business owner or a, you know, a leader, whatever, a marketing leader or something where you've got limited time, then yeah, definitely don't, don't edit your own podcast, even if, even though it's not that difficult and you can do it for either cheap or free.
2: Right. And, and I think like you have to also figure out what parts of podcasting you like, because again, there's the actual content creation is one side. There's the production that goes into it of if you have guests booking those guests, if you if you don't have guests, at the very least, you have to find out what content you're going to create and figure out what the episodes are going to be about. So having a calendar and a plan, there's that part of it. Then there's the editing part of it. Then there's the publishing part of it uh, and, and getting it out on social media and everything. So for me, I figured out quickly that what I liked was this, like actually talking and getting content created. I don't like the setup. I don't like the publish. And so I've offloaded all of that off my plate. And I think as a result, the show has gotten way better because I have like an editor who cares about editing and sits and listens through and knows the right amount of ums to take out and make me sound good, but not like a robot. I've got a, a producer who lines up guests. I've got somebody that actually publishes everything. So you you just have to figure out what parts of podcasting you actually enjoy and then do those things
3: for the sake of our listeners is are those people internal or external to your company
2: our editors external are uh uh, jenny's internal
3: okay awesome Awesome. okay if you i don't know if you if you can share if you even know the numbers but if you have to even ballpark like what is like your monthly cost for podcast production we can do a way you're doing it now like i I mean we it's
2: hard to quantify jenny's Uh, costs and she's like a salaried employee, but I I would say uh, just rough numbers, like editing our editors, like a hundred dollars an episode, you can get editors from 50 to, you know, 200. If you have, and if you're doing an NPR style show, then it's not going to be a (laughs) hundred dollars. It's (laughs) a hundred dollars would be like, if you're doing this, like a conversation where you can do quick edits. So there's that. And then we use Libsyn for our podcast host. um, And that, I think we're paying the like 15 bucks a month plan. We use Zencaster to record our episodes. And mm-hmm. that is like 20 bucks a month, something like that. And then the constant variables, like the separate domain and everything, I built that and we hosted on, because I'm a nerd again, uh, we have a $5 Linode server that we run it on and it works just fine. So yeah. I,
3: all in. Are you guys doing video as well or just audio? Just audio. And it's exclusively
2: because I'm about a half mile away from the part of town where I can get gigabit Ethernet uh, internet to my house. So right now I'm... Uh, my usually doing video, I don't know how what magic you're using to make this work because usually uh, using video and audio at the same time, my uh, being apparently in the sticks of Rosemount uh, doesn't allow for me to have the good up and down. So uh, I would love to do video, but for now, uh, it's audio
3: only. We we are, I guess you could say, blessed with gigabit internet. So that, that does help. <laughs> and, and StreamYard has, has worked really well for us for doing... Both video and and audio.
1: Yeah, we have a little hobbit in the back that does all of our video <laughs> stuff. You know, he has a a ring, and we just we just let him do his thing. You know, that's that's not that's the not very you fair do to Roz.
3: it <laughs> Why <What? laughs> so that's not very that's not a very very fair to Ross. No, I'm talking the about actually. the
1: internet connection. I'm not. Talking oh, sorry. About. I thought you were talking about
3: the, you said the video. I thought I'm like I thought you were talking about the video editing. No, okay, no, I'm talking about
1: the. I'm talking- <laughs> Internet connection, no. Um, but we do, but Mike brought up a good point. So uh, for Show Me the Proof, Get to the Point. So for those listening that are interested, we have somebody that does our audio uh, and she's phenomenal and we, we can certainly share. if She has a
3: few more things than just audio. She does some of the more admin type She does some things.
1: admin and project management. She helps create the graphics. You know, I I created the template and then she just kind of produces from there. And then we do have an amazing video guy. Who does uh, the the post editing of the video portion of the show, and and he's phenomenal. And we, uh, I don't know what our total investment is per month. It's, uh, do you I think we're, we're
3: somewhere between? It's more than a thousand, but it's less than two thousand. I don't know. I can't yeah. remember what our total is.
1: Yeah, something like that. And you know, we host it on our own website, so so. We don't. We're not spending anything extra there, and we're using Transistor, which is like Libsyn. There's so many other podcasting uh, host networks that people can get on. So yeah, I think, like you said, Tim, the the barrier to entry in starting a podcast is pretty minimal these days, and the sky's the limit in terms of how you wanna take it and and how much you know how much post production or editing, or also the content that you generate. Um, from each episode can really vary in terms of your cost, you know, your hard cost, but also the time and effort that it takes to create it and disseminate it. So I think, I think um, you're spot on with that.
2: The one thing I'll add too is if if uh you want kind of a turnkey all-in-one solution, there are like podcast uh studios that exist in, you know, here in the Twin Cities, there's like uh like Twilight Dang at, at Matriarch and uh there's like I think Studio Americana is still rolling. There's a bunch of different places where if you just want to sit down like this and just record and then come back at a, like let them handle all the rest of it. There are options out there for you. So there's, it, it don't feel like the production side of it needs to be a barrier. It is obviously a little more costly, yeah. Um, but also being part of those networks means you can leverage some of those network effects by, you know, maybe being introduced to other hosts that are recording there and whatnot. So there's pros and cons to all of these things. And I think my, my overall message would be just get started. If you really want to do this, just write down 10 ideas for topics for episodes. Episodes and just get going.
1: Well, Tim, you showed us the proof. We've gotten to the point and now it's time for the lightning round. All right,
3: uh, Tim, what is the main KPI you use to evaluate marketing success?
2: Um, man, and I said I would be able to come up with this right off the spot. And now I'm trying to, We, I, I honestly don't think I have one uh, for myself. I think what we use for evaluating marketing success is how many relationships that we've built over the course of a year.
3: Awesome. What is a new marketing strategy or tactic that you're looking forward to testing out this year? We're really looking
2: for doing, uh, we're trying to play with AR more and trying to figure out ways that we can incorporate, uh, just AR into other, like, you know, talking about marketing, being an app development company, we have our own apps. And so I'm trying to figure out ways that we can incorporate AR into that so that people can, you know, come to us and be like, Hey, we know how to, we can
3: do augmented reality. (laughs)
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very cool.
3: Um, what is a tool or platform that you use in your work that you couldn't live without Slack?
1: Yes. Hands down. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Agree. Yeah, I'm,
2: I'm in. I'm in like probably, uh, gosh, like thirty different Slack teams right now across all of our clients <laughs> and different things like that. Slack, Slack is just in, invaluable to us right now.
3: Yeah. Totally. Um, what is your least favorite business word or phrase?
2: Uh. I, I get a lot of joy out of all of them because I think they're all so dumb, and, and so I, I, it's you know we'll, we'll go on rants all the time where it's like, oh, hey, we'll take this offline, Yeah, we'll bring it to the workshop, yeah, we'll use synergy, deploy, you know, uh, uh, I think alignment might actually be one of my least favorite because it, it 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 is like the right way to say it, but oh, it bothers me so much. Like we'll get aligned. And sorry, Nikolai, <laughs> but. <laughs>
3: You know, I was wondering if you were going to say it. It, it depends because that's you. You mentioned that de- that that's a developer thing because marketers Mark do it all the time. It's like, well, is this working? Well, it depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Anyway.
2: It's all, all, all in how you define success, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, what is your favorite podcast? Um, right now I'm I. I've been really burnt out on like business podcasts lately and I've needed to step away. So I've been just like kind of consuming, I guess you'd call it junk food. I grew up as a big professional wrestling fan. So like Steve Austin has a podcast. And so I I go, and he tells all these stories from the road and stuff. So that's one of them. And then the, um, if you ever saw the TV show workaholics, uh, those four guys started a podcast and it is just gut bustingly funny. So (laughs) those are probably the two that I'm really into.
1: Awesome.
3: And then along those same lines, although maybe you're tired of business books as well, but what is your favorite business or marketing book? Right now, I've been really a big fan of this book
2: called The Tiny MBA. And it's it's really it's like this little tiny book that you can just flip through and uh, you can consume it in like 20 minutes. It's super small. But the point of it is each page has a question or a statement or something that then you can it causes you to reflect on your own business. And so you, you really can't get past three or four pages before you're just lost in thoughts of how you can improve your business and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that book.
3: That's cool.
1: We're gonna have to add that to our add that
3: to the list. We might have to have like a, a podcast or show me the proof. Get to the point, like book, book list. Yeah, that's a good idea. List,
1: That's a good idea. Um,
3: who is a B two B marketing expert that you admire on LinkedIn? Um.
2: Well, I, I again, obviously, you guys. Uh, <laughs> I I I think uh, the people that I admire on LinkedIn are the ones that uh, that don't come off as B2B like experts or like you can, it's, it's a people that you can really feel the authenticity and, and that they, they really truly believe what they feel. And, and so so for me, I think like Mikolai's is high up there because I, what he puts on LinkedIn is who he is. (laughs) It's like love it or leave it. That's who he is. And I, I love it personally. So there's, there's that. Um, And then uh, another gentleman, uh, Dick Polypnack, I think is how you pronounce his last name. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just recently, i just got connected with him recently and yeah like that guy is is something else too there's people like me like i feel like i have this attitude where you're kind of just like why is this guy so nice all the time and what's (laughs) wrong with him like when when is he gonna like when is he really gonna show up uh and and i get that vibe from him as well it's it's just like an eternal optimist always happy and I, i i gel with that
1: well dick we know dick as well and and um We were supposed to grab coffee with Dick like weeks ago, and then he never responded to my email. So, Dick, if you're listening to this episode... Just get back to me, dude. On well, what he's, he's
3: listening, the, the, then we're at least another month or so out because
1: this podcast will <laughs> coming out Oh, he, yeah. So to,
3: coming, coming
2: to his aid and not divulging too much, he did have some like significant health issues pop up in the last oh. couple of months. Oh, wow. And so he ghosted me too. And he like sent me a so message Dick like,
3: sorry.
1: Okay, Dick, I take yeah, so, that back. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: I, I would say reach out again. Cause yeah. I, he, I, I reached out a second time and that's what did it. So it takes how many points of contact before you can uh, close a deal. So it's, it's one of those <laughs> things. Just keep up the effort. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. The, the other name for those listening, the other name that Tim just mentioned is Mikolai Bador of Closers Media. And he's a mutual friend and business uh, mentor of ours, I guess you could say. Yes,
1: that's, that's how we got connected to Tim is our connection to Mikolai, which is To both really awesome guys. And so is Dick. We know Dick as well. And he's awesome. Um, All right. So I've got a couple of bonus questions for you, Tim. Um, What is your favorite mobile app or the mobile app that you use most frequently?
2: I'd say the app I use most frequently, that's not like one of the boring, you know, stock apps would be, I'm a a big craft beer fan. Um, So I use this app called untapped that I've, I've literally checked in and taken a picture of every beer I've had for the last nine ish years. And so I'm up to like close to 6,000 beers. And I, I built a little website for myself that I, it's kind of like, you know, time hop where Uh you can uh like look at your social media, like this day in history, I built a this day in untapped history for myself. (laughs) And it's, I, it, honestly, it's like the 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 best moments of my life or like most of the enjoyable ones have come with a beer in hand. So it's like you go back what is that and it's like
1: Untapped. it's a un-
2: untapped.com and it's untapped with uh no E at the end of it. Um, and then similarly, no, and I'm saying, like, is that
3: your website or is that the website for the app?
2: That's the website for the app. Yeah. And then my own website, no, I was I talking it.
3: about like, what's, what's your website?
2: Oh, I hit it off. It's, you... it's on my like Tim oh. But I, I figured I, it's almost like a diary. Cause it's, it's stuff <laughs> where it's like, should I have been hanging out with people at 11 o'clock at a bar, having a beer on a certain day? It's like, you know, it's, it, I, I keep mine. Uh, close to the chest, but the other one that I'll I'll throw a quick plug in is I use my own app all the time. It's the Minnesota Craft Beer Tracker. Uh mm-hmm. it's it's it tracks all the breweries in the state and I keep it up to date all the time. So it's mincraft.beer is where you can can get that and and uh I, I love that app. I, I,
3: I'm I'm tooting my own horn but I, I, I love it. <laughs> well, we'll put a we'll put a link to all that we'll stuff in the link, show yeah. notes including the your personal site. Well too. you've you've Excellent. given me
1: some you've given me some good fodder for my bonus questions. So next question is <laughs> what is your favorite craft beer or local minnesota beer you can answer it either way
2: it's so hard to answer that it really depends on the season (laughs) the mood everything okay what what is your favorite uh summer ipa
3: let's make it more summer
2: ipa uh so my wife works at a brewery out in shakopee called badger hill um so I, i i i stay on them every chance i possibly can get uh So I I think their, their summer IPA is called walleye hunter and it was brewed by the, uh, the head brewer made it so that he could go out on a boat and drink like, you know, eight of them and be, you know, not falling over. So that beer is like for a summertime beer, it's, it's flawless. I love that beer.
1: Um, all right. Next, next bonus question here is, um, you mentioned you're big into WWF wrestling. So who was your favorite WWF wrestler growing up?
2: Oh man, uh, probably the Undertaker, and it's the the thing about I think that's drawn me to wrestling now is that I I really like figuring out how things work, and professional wrestling stems from carnivals, uh, and, and carny life. So there's all these like all the terms, even like a work like uh, terms that are like meant to like pull one over on the audience, like mark and all that stuff. I it's it's like I love like every time I listen to a behind the scenes thing, you pull the layers back on like who these guys were and like how just like, awful it is to be a professional wrestler it's 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 just like it's so entertaining from the outset and then when you like peel back the layers you're just like man that is like such a weird industry so that that's uh to to throw maybe maybe that's just me justifying being a but i i don't watch it these days there's nothing about professional wrestling these days that i'm into it's all like just reliving childhood times because during the pandemic you know everybody was just kind of like wanting to grab onto something familiar and warm and so that that for me was was uh wwf
1: Cool. Well, I'm learning something about that because I had no idea the backstory of those things. So thank you for sharing. Well, Tim, this has been such a pleasure to have you on the show today. You've shown us the proof. We've gotten to the point and this is a great episode for anyone that's considering a podcast or thinking about what that might look like for the, either for their own business or if for their company, if they work in a company. So thank you so much, Tim. where can our listeners connect with you?
2: everywhere. LinkedIn is where I live. Basically. Um, my website, timbornhold.com, uh, our company's websites, jmg.mn. Uh, please reach out and ask questions. Like if you're trying to get a podcast up and running, I'm more than happy to help. Like if you have questions about gear or content or anything, give me a shout. Happy to help.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Tim. if
2: or- I've got questions about app development. That's true. Oh, oh yeah, that too. Yeah, if you need an app built, obviously. Again, I'm not a great marketer, so I I
3: That's what we're here for. You're welcome.
2: I love it. Thanks for the free plug. I love it.
1: All right. Thank you, Tim. And thanks for everyone listening. We'll be back next Wednesday with another exciting episode of Show Me the Proof, Get to the Point.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Show Me The Proof, Get To The Point podcast. Join us weekly for new episodes and seriously smart B2B marketing success stories. We'll show you the proof and get to the point every time. Find additional resources on the Proofpoint website, www.proofpoint.marketing, including the full episode library with show notes, guides, templates, and more great resources. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.